Hi, I'm Rich Fournier, and in this episode, I sit down with John Weber, a real estate agent and a Red Diamond Award winner with Royal LePage First Contact in Barrie, Ontario, and he's going to share with you his exact reasons why he is one of the most consistent top producers in central Ontario. So stay tuned. Have you ever wondered why some people thrive in all areas of their life? Welcome to the Peak Results Academy podcast with your host, Rich Fournier. Each week, we interview industry experts who consistently dominate in the fields of health, business, and beyond. Our mission is to share their personal struggles and strategies so that you can create your own peak results. Welcome to the Academy. Hello, everybody. Rich Fournier here from Peak Results Academy, and I'm super excited today to be interviewing the one and only John Weber from Royal Page up in Barrie, Ontario. Royal Page First Contact. I'm super excited. We used to work together in the same office, um, and I'm super excited to have him because, well, he's kind of an icon. His family name. Um, well, you probably know Weber's Hamburgers on Highway 11, close to Aurelia, when you're going up to the cottage. Uh, it's his family that started the company. Um, I'm there a couple times a week when I'm going up showing property. So I'm really excited to have him on board. True professional in our business. Um, and John, welcome. Welcome to the show. Um, I know a lot of people are going to be really interested in hearing what you have to say. I mean, you've been 31 years. You've been in the Barry Aurelia area. You've been in real estate for, what, since 2008? You've Correct, 2008. Yeah. yeah. And you became the Red Diamond status with Royal LePage. For, uh, for the non-real non estate people, they all have no idea what that means. Um, what that means is that he served a lot of people very, very well. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Rich. It's great to be here. Thank you. So what a time we're in. The questions that I would normally ask are completely different than what I would have asked three or maybe even two weeks ago. Um, so... I yeah, agreed. It's it's all uncharted. We've never been here before. Um, we've had recessions. I mean, I, so I've only been in the business since 2008. I got my license in 2008, and that was a challenging time because that was the whole U.S. mortgage failure, which affected all of North America. And the big thing in 2008 and into part of 2009 was get ahead of the price and get the homes to a reasonable price as opposed to always playing catch-up. And this is a completely different scenario. This is, I mean, we're not supposed to have face-to-face -face contact um, and, and a hundred other protocols. It's, it's challenging. It's very challenging. Let's start off by talking a little bit about, you know, your first 10 years in the business. You know, our business, the real estate business is extremely challenging for at, at the best of days. And um, it sounds good in the news and everyone thinks it's glamorous and amazing, make lots of money. But the truth is, in my experience, you put in extreme, extreme hours on a weekly basis. You're on demand, on call, all the time. And the business has changed dramatically since 2008. And I want to, this podcast is about peak results, whatever that is for that person. But I'm happy to say you created peak results in the real estate business. And I want to drill down to figure out what exactly have you done to create your past results and who have you had to be in that process? Big question. It sure is. 
and everybody has a different take on this business and their business. Right. So it was always important for me from the beginning to sort of, I was the brand. Um, and I, I had to put something out into the world, the business world, that would resonate with clients. The biggest thing was I think my clients really, they trust me. When, when I go on a listing presentation, I instill some sort of confidence. and They say, you know what, you're the type of guy we'd like to work with. Um, I've always taken the business very seriously. Um, it's never been lighthearted, although I love to have a sense of humor. And I love to inject humor into the business. I take it really seriously. Um, and I, I find myself, or I, I tell myself, I'm, I'm representing these people. We use the word representation all the time in real estate. And I take it to a little bit different level. Sometimes I, I, I tell myself that, you know, I'm kind of like their lawyer. You hire a lawyer to defend you, to represent you in a big trial, a big case. And I sort of see myself that way as I am your guy. I am there for you. I'm protecting you. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to fight for what's right. Um, at the end of the day, my client, whether they're a buyer or a seller, I want them to win. And yet, it's also going to be collaborative with the other agent. I don't mean win at any cost. But I want both parties, obviously, to be happy with the results. And when you got started in the business and by the way i know that of you i know you work extremely hard for your clients it comes across in the public i see you around everywhere <laughs> i love socializing <laughs> um but no and just in terms of what you produce for your clients yeah. your videos etc you do an outstanding job when you started in the business how did you get started like what was day one like for you did you have a database of people that you knew was it your social network how did you create this momentum it was all from scratch and I, I had to I had to build the brand I had to you know get cards designed I didn't know how to do any of it I really didn't and it was very frustrating it was extremely frustrating and then I got a couple of lucky breaks um, you know back in the day there would be duty calls I got a duty call from somebody that I've known for years and I was even surprised that they would just call into Royal LePage and say hey can I speak to an agent I thought you don't have an agent and they didn't and um, that was the start of it. It rolled out. And then I've been very lucky. Whenever I've worked with people, they've been very willing to give my name or contacts to friends and family and say, hey, talk to Weber. He can help you out whether you know, you're buying or selling. Um, and even saying that, when I first started, there was a little tagline I used to use, and it was, Weber, you're buying or selling. And it's funny because that resonated with a lot of people. I would walk into the Queen's Hotel and even Stephen would be playing there and he'd yell over the mic, hey, Weber, you're buying or selling? And all of a sudden, everyone at the Queen's Sports Line is saying, hi, John. So <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, how come you don't use that today? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so like when you started this process and you say things snowballed, I, it didn't just snowball. I mean, you were still putting in the hours, I'm assuming, and connecting and communicating and socializing and how did that work? Well, it was just very organic. It was really organic. People I knew, I'd be in some, I was at a, a home hardware store um, doing something with the owner of that home hardware store. And then one of the managers came up and said, hey, are you his real estate agent? I said, yeah. He said, well, I want to buy a house. And if you're good enough for him, you're good enough for me. Call me when you guys are done. I called them, you know, that afternoon. 
And there was a lot of examples of that, just organic spin-offs. Um, a lot of the people that I've worked with over the years, somehow I know them or I know somebody that knows them. I don't work, I haven't worked with a lot of complete strangers. Got it. Got it. Now, it seems to me that, you know, 15 years ago, oh, sorry, well, I guess only 12 or... Yeah, 12, yeah. You knew everybody you worked with. I, I knew most, most, most. It, it was a low percentage of complete strangers. Today, is it still the same? Because I know for me, majority of what I do, because we're not native to this area, right? it's online. I do very little online. Yeah, so everyone's got a different recipe. Um, <laughs> Mine is very much the other thing that the other thing that's become a very big part of my business is I go to a lot of conferences, um, both a Royal LePage and Orea conferences. Um, I travel quite a bit. I will be away three to four times a year um, at different conferences. I haven't made it to NAR yet, but I, I thought I would be going this year. Maybe not. Who knows? Um, and from that networking, especially within the Royal LePage family, because it's a very large network, there's 19,000 across the country, um, and I keep track of it. Um, so last year, and probably two or three years previous to it as well, my average is 25 to 30% of my transactions in a year will come directly from a Royal LePage referral. So, you know, people say, Weber, you travel quite a bit, and you're away at these things, yes. But does it work? Is it a formula? For me, it is. It really works. Wow, that's a huge number. Yeah. That's a very large number. And snowballing every single year, I'm assuming. Yeah. Wow. Um, right now, I have two current situations. I'm working on two listings, and they're both referrals from Toronto Royal LePage agents. It says a lot. It says a lot about them to trust you to refer to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does. And when you look at the business today versus how you see the business being done, you know, in the next, my, minus the coronavirus, we're going to get to that in a few yeah. minutes. Um, is, will this, will we do business the way we've always done business? Or is it going to change? Is technology going to change how we do business to the point where we become obsolete? I don't believe at all that we will be obsolete because you need the trust factor. You need the human element factor. There'll always be a small percentage of our industry that might go towards 100% online. Um, but so after, you know, I'm 60 years old, so I've seen a lot of things in 60 years. And I remember not that long ago, they said the, the, um, travel industry was gone it was dead well agreed to some point that uh, the travel industry has changed a great deal but neighbors of mine in Barrie they own a travel agency in Barrie they can't keep up with the business they are extremely busy they have been I think 15 years in the business um, they're the local reps for the Sandals franchise they do a ton of weddings a ton of special um, destination travel um, and they are working every night till nine to 10 o'clock around the clock, excluding coronavirus. Um, and somebody can say, well, you don't need a travel agency. Just go online, you've got Amazon. Agreed. There's just more options. 
in that industry. There will be more options in real estate in the future, but there will always be the degree of people to say, no, no, I want a human person. I want to know them. I want to meet them. I want to make sure they're looking after our best interest because only so much of that can come from technology. I agree with you completely. I mean, at one point in my life, we, I really believed that technology was the holy grail. And then I've realized over the last 10 years that people still need their hands to be held through the process to make sure they're not making a mistake. And yeah. it's, been, um, it's been quite eye-opening for me and, and realizing how important of a service that agents still do today and I believe will continue to do in the future. When you look at your mindset in this business, I'm sure there have been moments over the last 12 years that either you thought about leaving? Have you ever thought about leaving? Have you had financial challenges because of this business? All of the above. All of the above. I only personal, but yeah. I want to get into the dirt of what happens in this business. It can be very difficult. It is. I mean, the public, the general public only see realtors with their fancy pictures and all their videos and their nice, you know, branded premium cars. And they're like, wow, what a great life. I could sell real estate. I could do that. <laughs> it's, it's a lot more challenging than anybody thinks it is because, you know, I often have said um, good real estate agents make it look easy. Gretzky made hockey look easy. Anybody could score a goal. I mean, he made it look easy. Um, it's definitely not easy. If it was easy, anybody and everybody would do it. Uh, you and I both know there's what it's the top three or 4% of realtors in Toronto, in Ontario, in Canada, that have the success. There are many realtors, over half of the realtors on the Toronto Real Estate Board sell zero to one homes per year. It's so hard to wrap your head around some of those numbers. Um, but yeah, there's been challenges. There's been, there was a time, probably my fourth year, where I went six months without a commission check. And I was, I was nervous. I was scared. I was worried. I had an assistant at the time that I was paying some amount of per hour and I looked at her and I said, you know what? I don't think I can afford to pay you anymore or we'll reduce it to like 10 hours a week because things are tough. And she stuck with me today. She is my partner at the Weber's uh, the Weber team. She and I have worked together for eight years. You better uh, mention your name and she's going to kill you. Christy Bond. <laughs> and she's been a big part of this, a big part of this. Um, and we are, we're a boutique business. We are, Christy and John. My niece is a part of the team, um, and my niece is in Newmarket, uh, Kelly Gastis. But, um, you know, her, her, her business is limited, which is fine. Um, it just gives us some coverage and presence in the Newmarket area. Um, but we're a very boutique, very small real estate shop. We're not the big machine. We're not the McDonald's of real estate at all. Got it. What drives you still today, John? I mean, you've been, sorry? what drives you today still? I mean, I, well, I guess it's being a little bit of maybe an A-type personality, God forbid. Um, I love the challenge. I, I love getting up every morning and, and you know, attacking the next day. Um, we were in Costa Rica with some friends early in January, and they said to me, you know, Johnny, when are you going to retire? And I, I thought, you know, the word retire, it's like a swear word to me. I, I have no desire to retire, none. I love getting up every morning and having a challenge. I mean, 
this corona thing is driving me a little bit wacky because I'm not good having this much time on my hands. I'm working, I'm still in the office, but it's not at a regular pace. Um, I just love being involved every day. You know, let's go to the coronavirus thing today. I uh, mean, you know, I'm assuming how you're dealing with your current clients and past clients may be a bit different than what you did in the past to what you are doing today. And I know this is really just hit within the last seven to 14 days. What are you doing differently today to communicate and stay in touch with your clients versus what you did a month ago? So, I mean, everything has changed, everything. Right now our focus is trying to keep in touch with the clients that have pending closings. So they're firmed up um, and now they're just waiting for the closing. A couple of them have been absolutely panic stricken. John, are we gonna close? Are we going to be able to you know, keep the links of the chain together? I think I've spoken to the lawyers, I'm calling lawyers again this afternoon to check on some upcoming closings that we have. Um, and that's been our focus is to try to assure clients that are sold firm that these deals are going to complete and they will be moving out of their home and they will be going to their new home um, and everything is going to connect. Um, obviously, I mean, we're not out there looking for new business at all. I've had a few people contact me and they're, they're such unique situations. One, um, so both of these are the referrals I mentioned earlier from Toronto. One is um, somebody whose father lived in Barrie and he deceased five or six months ago. And now they've got permission from the lawyers to sell the home. She's in charge of the estate. So the home is empty, which is great. We went in, had it all cleaned up. We've got the home listed. Uh, it was listed two days ago. And again, somebody could say, well, why are you listing a home during this time? The family of this deceased gentleman, they have a lot of bills to pay. They need to sell that home. Uh, he incurred some debt. Um, and the home is vacant. It's quite easy to show. Um, agents can go in and show it, and they can do a virtual showing, whatever they want. Um, but it's such an awkward time to have a listing. Um, I've had a few people ask, can we list our house with you now during this pandemic? And with two people I said, no, it's, it's not the right time. You have young children in your home. One of them, um, the partner has gone through a cancer treatment. You're like, no, 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 you have a compromised immune system. You cannot be listing a home right now. It's just, it's not safe. Yeah, and is this a time where, you know, because a lot of our listeners are um, real estate agents and from around the country and into the United States, you know, is this the time do you reach out to all your clients and, and, and personally, or how do you handle that volume yourself? I do. Christy writes a lot of notes, um, and I've reached out to some people, especially some of the vulnerable people, some of our older clients um, that might need a bit of help and just offer, you know, is there anything I can do for you? Most of them are saying, thanks, John, we're covered, we're good. We've got sons and daughters that, you know, are neighbors that are helping us. Um, and one of the ways I communicate, too, it's not always with necessarily a direct phone call. But a lot of times I do a fair amount of um, social media between Facebook and Instagram. I do a fair amount of postings. And um, I try to always keep them upbeat, positive. 
Um, and in the last two weeks, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of um, likes and shares and everything else. We've done some good stuff and really trying to keep it as light as possible, a little bit of humor in there without being disrespectful um, and not ever trying to portray myself. I mean, I've seen quite a few realtors sort of being the coronavirus experts. Like, I'm not that guy at all. I just, that's not my strength. I'm, I'm, I don't have any knowledge of science. Right. Right. Stay in your lane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Yeah. If you look back in the last few years, um, what were the top three things that helped create the success that you're currently enjoying today? Um, we, we redid our branding. I think the branding was very, very strong. Um, Red W. Looks great. The Weber team. That was a good branding. We redid this, all of our signs and everything. And that had a strong impact. Um, also, just a, we're a big fan of... Uh, of a product is it okay to mention a product that we use. One hundred percent. I'm not getting paid on it, so don't. Worry. Okay, we use Kits Pack. Um, David Greenspan and the the Kits Pack thing. Uh, we use their calendars and their monthly newsletter, mm -hmm. and we have a lot of positive feedback. A lot, um, and then just again, sort of that snowball effect of business leads to more business. Um, all of those things combined. The social media has definitely increased over the last two or three years. In fact, first time ever I hired somebody six months ago to help with the posts and do stuff and got a lot of positive feedback about that. I think it's just being out there, being visible. Um, it's a different form of advertising. I don't have a single billboard. I never have. I don't do um, um, the, the benches at the bus stops. I've never done any of that stuff. I put more money into the clients I have worked with um, and then also into social media. That's kind of been our formula. If you don't want to answer this, it's okay because it's, you know, it's your business. Um, when you are networking within your sphere, other agents um, going to these conferences, how do you keep in touch with those agents without being a pain? Because, we are inundated as an agent. You're inundated with things every single day. So how, like, is there a, is there a way to do it without being annoying? That's a great question because everybody takes a different angle on that. I, I want to be careful. No, what I'm here. No, I'm just <laughs> Nobody's listening, right? <laughs> so it's funny, after I go to the conferences and everything else that I regularly attend, and I always have such a great time, and every time I'll meet somebody new, and they'll say, well, how long have you been in the business, John? i say, well, 12 years. How have we never met before? Why are we meeting now? And we've both been going to the same things for a number of years. But it always works out that way. <clears throat> Sometimes I am surprised, and I laugh a little bit to myself, uh, and it's not disrespectful, but people will start to mail me their newsletters or something because I just get thrown into their database like it's another card. So I think I don't know why you're mailing me your newsletter from you know small town wherever. Um, but the way that I keep in touch with people, I don't um, I don't do a lot of direct mail or anything to the people I've met or my network. It's all through um, through Facebook, and we all keep in touch that way. Like there's a huge um, 
Facebook group called the Royal Page Conference Goers. And that has thousands of people. And we all talk to each other and we share ideas and we give each other referrals that way uh, because nobody can remember who's in Peterborough. So go on and ask, who do we have? Um, and even, you know, with Real Estate Hacks, obviously, um, another great um, chapter on Facebook. So you're not directly soliciting people after the fact? No, no, I'm not. Letting the relationship be organic, over yep. time, run into each other again, um, leave an impression the first time you meet them. Yeah, yeah. Buy extra beers at the bar. Exactly. I've got some receipts for that. <laughs> oh. What separates a producer from a non-producer? Like, what is that holy grail? What's that magic elixir? Like, what is it, John? I've been searching for this since I was, you know, I used to coach with another organization. And I'm really, somebody asked me a question. He said, Rich, I know what to do. Why don't I do it? And then that kind of led me down a whole rabbit hole trying to figure out what creates a peak result. You've been around this long enough. You're around yep. producers. What is that magic? <laughs> I think it's really simple. Yep. Really simple. It's one word. Hunger. Hmm. Desire. Um, I just I made a couple of notes before you and I were speaking last week. I always tell myself, I have to be better than the crowd. I just have to be. It's not acceptable to be in with the majority of the crowd because you have no uniqueness. I really believe as a top producer, you have to make it rain for your clients. And I mean rain in a good way. Like what is going to make things happen? Where's the magic? You have to bring some creativity. In my case, I bring a lot of years of business experience that some people obviously won't have and don't have, and that's not to criticize them. But if somebody said, John, you know, what do you do? Well, I mean, I'm a business person with a laser sharp focus on real estate, whether it's the marketing of it, the, um, the staging of it, the setup, the design. Um, a lot of clients have told me they were impressed with how involved I was with the whole process. Um, doing the right videos, spending money on your clients and helping them out with little things. I mean, but I, I, again, I'm getting off topic a bit. I mean, it's all about desire. You have to want to win every single day. And if you don't want to win, you're just going to fall into that category of all others. Simple as that. You just got to want it more than someone else. Yeah, it has to be inside. It has to come from your, your heart and your soul. I mean, it's a competition. Every day is a competition on the field of real estate. And if I don't win, somebody else is going to take my lunch. And I know they will. You're absolutely right. I agree with that. Do you read a lot? Like, do you, do you have coaching? Like, are you involved in the personal development process? Too? I'm very uncoachable. I really am. <laughs> I've had a coach. <laughs> I'm not a good student at all. I'm too old to be a student. I really am. Um, yeah. So I read a very little. I read the newspapers. I'm a, I'm a news junkie, an absolute news junkie. I read some books. I've started to read a little bit more. Um, I'm just about to start into um, the, the book Never Split the Difference from the FBI Negotiator. I heard him speak. In Niagara Falls two months ago, he was a speaker at the ARIA conference. Fantastic guy. 
absolutely inspirational. And his book, I would recommend to anybody, Never Split the Difference. Which is kind um, of the world. So yeah. where did hunger come from? Like, was it your dad in the business? And yeah, a lot of it was my dad. I have to give a lot of credit to my dad. My dad was a very simple, down-to-earth guy. He, he had some challenges in life. And we had a cottage up on Sparrow Lake. And we had six kids in the back of a station wagon, a Ford Country Squire station wagon. And they'd get to the cottage on a Friday night, and six screaming kids. And my mom would just be pulling her hair out. And it was chaos. And finally, one day, he said, you know, damn it, somebody's got to open a restaurant on that highway. Because he said, I can't be the only guy with six kids in my car and all this confusion. And uh, he said to my mom, he said, I, I'm going to open a restaurant. It's going to have hamburgers and hot dogs, cold drinks, pop, and a washroom that's always clean. And she said, you can't do that, Paul. You don't even know how to boil water. And he said, I don't care. I'll figure it out. And he was that type of guy, and he was 49 or 50 years old when he took this on to open Weber's on Highway 11. It didn't make any money for like the first six years. It was not financially successful. For the first two or three days, he gave the food away to people. They said, well, we want to pay for it. He said, no, I'm going to give it to you for free because I want your feedback. Tell me if it's good. Tell me if you like it. Tell me what to change. Um, he was always that type of guy. Um, and then it slowly grew organically over the years and got busier and busier. And then it became quite busy, obviously, and quite well known. Um, I mean, they're coming up to their 60th year uh, in business. And the one thing my dad always instilled in all of the staff, and there's a lot of people that have good memories of my dad. Um, and I worked there for years, too, uh, through high school and college. He always had this principle that just it's all about service. The client, the guest, the person coming in eating has to be well looked after. And it's pretty simple. Give them good food, give them a clean picnic table to eat at, and give them a clean washroom to use. It's not difficult. It's not rocket science. Cleanliness and good food. And he always had a saying, you know, if you're just five cents better, I know I mean, today five cents is worthless to most people, but back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, if you're five cents better than you were yesterday, just be five cents better. Work a drop harder, just a drop harder than yesterday. You don't have to be 100% better. Just be 1% better than yesterday, and business will look after itself. It's amazing advice. Just be a little bit better every single day. Yep, just a drop will make a difference. It's unbelievable. Do you still go and eat there like this is still family absolutely i love going there i know the managers the butcher is the same butcher that from 1989 i, I it's, it's like going home when i go to the restaurant a lot of people will say hi to me some people line will wonder who the hell's the big old guy why is everyone saying hi to him and it's just it's fun i love being there it brings back a ton of good memories that's fantastic getting back to real estate do you build out a business plan every single year, John? Is that a big part of your planning in December, November for the following yeah. year? I told you I wasn't very coachable, right? All your weaknesses, John. Well, again, I, you know, I'm probably not a role model for a lot of people. Um, I, I always track what I did last year. I know where we're at. I know where we've come from. I know how much referral business we have. And I always have a goal in mind, and Christy and I discuss it every year in November, December. But, you know, sometimes I oversimplify things. The goal is always, I mean, we're always going 
kind of full speed. We're always working hard. I'm not the type of guy that ever takes my foot off the gas. I just, it's not my style. I'm always available. I'm always answering my phone. Um, it's just the way I live. And some people said to me, John, you work when you're on vacation. I said, well, yeah, I will. I'll take calls from clients when I'm on vacation because, hey, let's be realistic with each other. They paid for my vacation. Right. So why, why would I ignore them? And I've got their $500,000, $900,000 home listed. How, I can't disappear on people. I think that's irresponsible. 100%. I agree with that completely. When you look at your market, and if you were to start today, because a lot of our listeners are new, trying to figure out this game, how would you start today, John? What would you do day one to get started in this business? Rich, you know what? That's a great question because I talk with new agents once in a while. Somebody will ask my opinion or advice when they're new to Royal LePage in Barrie. And it's a great question. I mean, I, I could discuss it with you for hours because there, there's two formats, obviously. You, you become a real estate agent or yep. you go to work for a team. There's two identities there, right? So if you're going to be on your own, if you're going to be a real estate agent, a standalone real estate agent, you're going to have to have a certain amount of money, and I think more money than I needed 12 years ago, um, to start the branding and start to build something. Because now in Barrie, as you and I both know, it's a thousand agents, um, and there's a lot of competition. Um, and yet, I think there's a misconception, too, that, well, if I don't want to build a brand, I can just jump on one of the teams. You don't get to just jump on a team. You have to apply, reapply. You have to try out. You have to make the cut to make one of those big teams because they may not, in fact, want you. Um, what would I do today? I, I, I think it's very challenging. I see a lot of people coming in, and I don't think they're going to last in a lot of cases because you do need a reserve of money. Right. To build this business today, it's, it's very expensive. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a great answer for that, like a definitive answer. Here's what you have to do. Sometimes you have to do a bit of everything. You know, that, I think you nailed it there. You know, I think you've got to do a lot of everything. Yeah. You know, if you're going to farm, it's probably 18 months. Yeah. Before you get something, and that's door knocking and flyers and dropping, you know, dropping every two weeks to farm neighborhood. Internet leads can, I mean, some of my leads take two years to, to do something. Yeah. And it's an interesting question. I've seen that. I think it is, I think people should jump on a team. They're going to learn, if they can get on that team, they'll learn a lot over two years. Yes. I think that's super important. Are you hiring people for your team now, John? <laughs> oh, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried it in two cases. I've tried it. Full disclosure. Yes. One was with my brother. <laughs> was <not> here. <laughs> it, I have not had good luck with it. Um, one person I was really surprised. We were working together. They had two previous years of good sales and good success. And for some reason, in their third year, their business kind of dried up. And I used to try to help as much as possible. And we would sit and talk and we'd brainstorm. And eventually, they just looked at me and said, you know what? I've got to get out of this. I can't 
put food on the table. And I, I, people don't hear those stories enough. I mean, everybody thinks it's You're just real. one big party, and we know it's not. My view on the business is it may be a bit different. I believe that everything that you say in terms of service, I 100% agree on. This is a business about prospecting and lead generation and relationships. It's not about granite. It's not about the, it's not about the brick on the, on the wall. Or it's, it's not about the house. And I think a lot of people get into this business because they think it's about the house. It's about real estate. Real estate just happens to be the commodity that we trade in, but it's, it's the relationships, it's new people, it's communicating every single day your value proposition to the marketplace, and somewhere in there, someone's going to reach out to you. It, and it's a skill set that a lot of people just don't possess, and again, that's not a criticism, but they don't even know that they need to possess it. Um, I was working on a deal two or three months ago. And it started off, we started off on this, uh, this offer. We were $90,000 apart and things weren't going so well. And Christy looked at me, she said, how the hell are you going to bring this one together? I said, well, you know what? We're just one step at a time, just one step at a time. Right. Four days later, we, we had come to an agreement. Both sides were happy. Um, and it all came together from almost a $100,000 gap and thinking there's no way this is going to work out. If you persevere, if you're good at negotiating, I, I'm, I'm good at negotiating. Um, and negotiating is really just another word for communicating. <laughs> um, but if you have some business sense and some savvy that way, I think anything is kind of achievable. Right, right. $100,000 is a lot is a big difference. And I think some of our listeners in certain parts of the GTA would say, what, we're not getting over list price today? Right, yeah. yeah. Is that going to change? Are we, are we, we're not, do you think we're going to continue to see those types of, um, uh, type of activity in the market over the next six months? No, no I, I think the market over the next six months, my humble opinion is um, I think it's going to be very tough for sellers. I think there's going to be a downturn in the value of homes. I think a lot of people, and I hate to say this, but the truth is the truth. I think a lot of people are going to be severely financially harmed long-term. I, I think it's not gloom and doom. It's not all, but I think things will go back to lower prices. But some people are going to have a very long repayment plan and think, wow, I was damaged, badly damaged. Yeah, I guess if we look at and we if this continues on for the next, you know, three to six months, you know, real estate is a lagging indicator in the marketplace. So, um, you know, I've heard many comments where we're going to see um, a V-shaped recovery, which I don't agree with. I think that if this continues on for another 60, 90 days, you know, the first week, last week, we had almost a million, you know, applications for unemployment. Um, those jobs aren't going to come back very quickly. And that's a kind of a somber thought, but it's not going to be a V-shaped recovery. Um, and this is really going to showcase an agent's ability to navigate and use their imagination, which is a higher mental faculty. It's an intellectual faculty to use your imagination to create something different for your clients. And I think we're really going to see some outstanding agents 
rise to the top. And it's going to be really fun to watch. And I'm sure you're going to be one of those people to, to really do some things maybe a bit differently to, to serve your clients. So if you could leave our listeners with some kind of thing that they can, they can lean on to help them perform over the next six months to a year, what piece of advice can you give them to, to weather this storm? Because it's an emotional storm. It's a battle in the mind. It's a financial storm. It's a health storm. And I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. But yeah, no, I, 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 again, whether it's in the middle of the situation we're in yeah. or when this passes, the core values have to stay the same. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't make changes necessarily because of COVID-19. I would, you know, we're making some changes, obviously, but my mindset, I don't change. My mindset is still, and I wrote a couple of notes just, again, uh, after I got your email, you have to kind of approach every day like you're going to play the Super Bowl because every day you have to go out and win something. Now, during COVID, you don't want to, you know, be seen as winning too much or being promoting stuff. I saw one agent saying, here are my four sold signs. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure about, you know, some of those shares um, because this is, this is a sensitive time. You want to remain sensitive, of course. But this, you know, this will pass and we will go back to some form of normal, whatever that looks like. But it's all about, you know, what's your why you got to get up every day and you got to charge yourself i mean i it's hard to believe with this greek physique but i i you was going to the i've gone to the gym every morning of my life for the last 20 years and i'm there at 6 37 o'clock because you got to get your brain going you got to get the blood flowing whether it's walking around the block but get fresh every morning and start with you know a, a good mindset don't carry stuff with you from yesterday so don't sit at home watching Netflix every single day during no. the time. Like, you know, get some fresh air in your lungs and try to stay positive. This is a big challenge. It's a huge challenge. But I do believe uh, that it will pass. And you don't want to lose your skills during this lull. It is a lull. Yeah. And you know, and, and, and kudos to that person who sold four properties last week in the middle yeah. of a changing market. I'm sure their sellers are extremely happy with them. Yeah. And I understand the sensitivity around surrounding this, um, but maybe those people really, 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 really needed to sell. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And, and I'm torn in this situation where, because I believe that the, this storm will pass. And it's this defining moment right now is who's going to get through this moment or those people are going to go bankrupt through this process, right? And in some cases, it won't be due to any fault of their own. No. This is just going to be a tough time to finance. I mean, we're all, we all own our own business. And some people don't even know that, that they're actually a business owner. They think, oh, I work in real estate. No, you don't. You're an entrepreneur. You own your own business. Yeah, I think we need to push very hard still, um, sen being sensitive to what's happening in the marketplace today. But there couldn't be a better time to communicate with your clients to see if they need something today. Agreed. With genuine intent. Right. Not to get, but to serve. And if people are absolutely serving, calling their past clients, even their database people, they, did, they don't even know these people. 
Say, I genuinely want to see, do you need anything? Can I help? Do you need me to pick up something for you today? Is there something going on that I can serve that's not real estate related? Some people are going to think you're crazy. <clears throat> but the right people are going to appreciate the sentiment. But it's got to come from a good place. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. John, I appreciate you. I appreciate that in my market. I appreciate that I, I mean, we haven't even done business together. No, but we had great chats back in the day in the office. We've always had a good respect and, a, you know, a true like for each other. And um, you've always been doing good things. So and this whole Peak Results is awesome. And I was thrilled when you asked me if I would uh, be a part of this today. How can people um, reach you, John, if uh, they want to chat with you or refer you business? Uh, just, just if you type any Google search for John Weber and you'll find me right away. Uh, it's very reachable and uh, I would be happy to chat with anybody. Well, you're a true professional. I appreciate the advice that you've given us today. I think people should listen to you. And um, if there's anything I can ever do for you in the future, let me know. Thank you again for spending Back some time. Thanks very much, Rich. Take good care. Thanks, John. Okay, bye now. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you are fit to work with Peak Results Academy, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. That's peakresultsacademy.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what do you really want out of life and your business? Number two, what is not working for you today? And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to create massive change in these areas. Remember, changing your life and creating massive results does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We're helping clients all over the world create peak results in their health, in their businesses, and in their personal lives. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to peakresultsacademy.com call. We'll chat soon.